0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Festival of Gemini. As many of you will be aware, this festival is in fact known by a number of names. The Festival of the Christ, of humanity, of unification, and of goodwill. Each of these names gives us some idea of the quality of the energies available to us at this time for distribution. They also provide a clue to the need of the hour and the nature of the saving force which is required and which must be spread abroad in human hearts. The energy of goodwill and the spirit of cooperation and of unity. These energies are particularly abundant at the time of the Gemini full moon, with its predominant secondary influence. The unifying ray of this solar system and the primary quality of the christ the second aspect until these qualities are far more evident than they are today in human relations then the goal of humanity as the focal point of distribution for spiritual energies to the lower three kingdoms in nature will remain a frustrated enterprise The transformation of the lower kingdoms depends in the first instance upon the transformation of humanity itself. And the maxim man know thyself is as pertinent today as it was when first inscribed on the wall of the Delphian temple of Apollo. Goodwill amongst all men is the first step along this path and was ever the message of the Christ in both word and deed during his sojourn in Palestine over 2000 years ago. This message has never changed and the living Christ continues to repeat it and pour out his blessings to the world at the time of the full moon of Gemini each year. Since 1952, this day has also been celebrated as World Invocation Day. World Invocation Day is a coordinated day of focused, invocative appeal to divinity. It is a world prayer meant to be used and adopted by people of all faiths and spiritual paths. The invocative power of this prayer is the key here. And as yet, little is truly known of the power of a united appeal. We are, however, given a clue to this power when we read in the book, the External- externalization of the hierarchy that such an invocative cry did indeed sound forth from the very depths of human despair in the middle of 1942. During this phase of the war, The situation was so perilous and disaster so close at hand that the hierarchy had been forced to make arrangements to withdraw from contact with humanity, perhaps for many centuries. And yet, this eventuality was averted primarily by humanity itself through a collective cry, conscious and unconscious, which evoked a unique response from on high. A response of such potency that it turned the tide of the war once and for all in favour of the allied forces during its darkest hour. We know then what can be achieved when human hearts beat as one and demand that which is needed at a time of significant spiritual tension. How much more potent then a word of power such as the Great Invocation might be when voiced in a coordinated appeal by an ever-increasing number of men and women of goodwill. Every action has its reaction, every cause its effect, and this applies equally, perhaps even primarily, to the realm of thought. There is no thought impulse, we are told that is without its effects. Though those effects may not immediately conjure up an easy recollection of causation. In other words, time and space often conspire to make it difficult to put two and two together. We shall have reason to return to this theme of thought and it's inevitable if unrecognized effects later. In the case of the Great Invocation and its use today, we can then be assured of a beneficent effect. Furthermore, we are informed that the potency and the effectiveness of the Great Invocation differs depending upon the development and understanding of those who use it. The more we study this word of power, and come to an understanding of its layers of esoteric meaning and significance, the greater the power we wield through its use. As an esoteric group, this should be of vital interest to us. Before we continue, let us pause for a few moments and align with the wider group of souls and servers who work unceasingly for the uplift of humanity and the unfoldment of right human relations. Then let us sound together the great invocation. To earth. From the centre where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the centre which we call the race of men, let the plan of love and light This evening then, we can be sure that the Christ will be delivering his annual message and blessing at a remote central point in Asia. He will stand before God as the representative of humanity and focalize the aspirations of the race of men and will use the great invocation as a means of achieving this. It is no coincidence that World Invocation Day is celebrated on this day. As it was at the full moon of Gemini in June 1945, that the Christ first used this great world prayer. As alluded to earlier, humanity, having passed through the immense trials of the World War with its disciplining, and reorienting effects were seen to be ready to receive it. Its potency was deemed so great that explicit instructions were given that it could be used only when the war is over and not before. Again, this implies the impersonality of those energies entering into our little system. Just as the sun pours its rays on all, nurturing the weeds as the flowers, so too these great spiritual impulses can be directed for both good or evil ends. Thus, it was only safe to offer up the great invocation once the dark forces were sufficiently suppressed. This tells us much regarding our role As directing agents, when we use this and indeed any other word of power in our work, energies are neutral. It is how we direct and apply them that is of real moment. And it is this which differentiates the white magician from the black magician. Little as it may be realized, The great invocation is in fact, one of the oldest prayers ever known. The version used by the Christ consists of seven words of power. This was subsequently translated and given out by the Tibetan. By all accounts, this translation presented quite a challenge, even to an adept, such as to preserve the power and effect of the prayer whilst making it comprehensible to human minds. It is interesting to note that the original seven word forms have required four verses, 13 lines, 113 words to make it intelligible in modern form. This provides a sobering illustration of the complexity Of our current life expression, and at the same time points to the simplicity which in reality substands it. Here again, as in all things, we are reminded of the occult truism that the myriad become the seven, become the three, become the one. Since the original translation, The process of distribution and precipitation has continued to the extent that the great invocation has now been translated into 80 different languages and dialects. It is easy to think that this great mantra is only known by a few esoterically minded individuals and groups such as our own. However, We should not underestimate its widespread use at this time. In 1947, less than two years after its release, the Tibetan wrote that its extraordinary potency can be seen in the fact that hundreds of thousands of people are already using it day by day and many times a day. It is translated into 18 different languages and used by people in all those languages. In the jungles of Africa, groups of natives are using it and it can be seen on the desks of great executives in our major cities. It goes forth over the radio in Europe and in America and there is no country or island in the world where its use is unknown. All this has taken place in the space of 18 months. It is also notable that Eleanor Roosevelt, the wife of the late United States President Franklin D. Roosevelt, a great world server in her own right, included the great invocation in a brief recorded message from the United Nations in New York, on World Invocation Day in 1952. For anyone who is interested, this recording can be accessed on the Lucis Trust website or on YouTube. These instances should give us ample confidence and encouragement that there is widespread appeal for and use of this world prayer. And 75 years later, we are asked to continue this work and to make its distribution, promotion and understanding one of our primary endeavours as a definite service to humanity. Perhaps now, more than at any time since the end of the World War, The great invocation has utility as a guiding hand in the face of unprecedented change and upheaval to a familiar way of life. The new Aquarian age demands change in the way men conduct their activities and relations, and will force these changes if the signs of the time are not embraced by humanity in a cooperative spirit. We see all around us a clashing between the outgoing Piscean Ray and that of the emerging impulse of Aquarius. The pockets of war and religious frictions in various parts of the world are a symptom of this. At the present time, however, we are faced with something which really is of immediate and global import. A viral pandemic, the likes of which, has not been witnessed for generations. This pandemic has caused fear and untold misery the world over. Not just because of loss of life, but our very way of life has been halted in its tracks. And for many, this way of life has informed and determined their very identity. People have been forced, perhaps as never before, and on a truly mass scale, to look at themselves, to look at who they believe they are, what their purpose and role is in life, and perhaps most more significantly, how this role and motivation feeds and impacts upon the whole. In a very real sense, and there are surveys and polls to back this up. People in large numbers are questioning their value in the economy of the whole. As esotericists, we might phrase this economy of the whole as the divine circulatory flow. People are beginning to question their utility to society and the value of their contribution. This forced interlude has allowed people the space to question whether they are truly happy and satisfied in their roles. A staggering number of people have mobilized into voluntary key worker roles, sacrificing time and effort to meet the need of the hour and of their fellow men. This has brought a sense of joy in adversity and will have its long-term consequences society is being forced to recognize that the essential workers the all too often forgotten and almost universally underpaid members of society who keep the wheels rolling so to speak deserve better recognition better conditions and better pay for their efforts the descriptor key worker has taken on almost mythical and heroic meaning and this is a timely reevaluation by society in terms of those it values based upon the contribution made to the welfare of the whole. We are seeing on a mass scale the rapid inflowing of those Christ like energies augmented at this time through the lens of Gemini, of goodwill and unity. The pandemic has created a space, a point of spiritual tension, where the essentials and non-essentials of life are seen in much clearer relief. Many there are who openly admit and declare that they prefer the change of tempo and the ability to pursue activities that nurture their creative side. Recreational, artistic, spiritual, And so, this begs the question, can we find meaning in this pandemic? Last year's Gemini full moon address was perhaps rather prophetic. In that talk, it was suggested that the ageless wisdom states that it is the will of the planetary logos to produce certain radical and momentous changes in the consciousness of the race which will completely alter man's attitude to life and his grasp of the spiritual esoteric and subjective essentials of living these often uncomfortable changes are in line with divine purpose and they initially disrupt set ways of thinking Reference is also are made to that curious observation made by the Tibetan that the plague of insects rampant in certain regions of the world, causing diseases and devastating crop yields and resulting in famine, are the direct, if unrecognized, result of human thinking. He tells us that as men learn to think with more unselfishness, And with greater purity, and as malice and hatred and competition give place to brotherhood, kindness, and cooperation, the insect pest, as it is now called, will most surely die out. The inference here, and this glimpse at the potency and potentially devastating effect of collective human wrong thinking surely provides much food for thought at the present time. Always as esotericists, we are driven back to examine the realm of causes, the thought which generated the impulse or ray. For from the angle of occultism, there is simply no possibility of such an impulse without an originating thought from some mind or entity. Man or God.
1: Even in the beginning was the word.
0: Some of you may have encountered during this pandemic a wonderful poem written by an unassuming retired teacher in the United States who had felt rather impotent in the face of all the misery she was witnessing her husband suggested that she begin to write again as an outlet for her pent-up energies. This poem became a quick sensation on the internet, which is testimony to its wide appeal and inspiring message. It is fundamentally a message of spiritual hope and inspiration and speaks to the inner life of the way that all events have a meaning and purpose beyond the apparent that in all that in all adversity lies hid spiritual opportunity kitty o'meara had been particularly struck as i suspect many of us were by the satellite images indicating markedly reduced pollution over the chinese and european land masses as these regions began to lock down in response to the virus and which in turn significantly reduced economic and pollution generating activities. Might there be meaning in this when we consider the continued failure of politicians in recent times to adequately address the pressing issues of climate change? The poem called,
1: and the people stayed home, reads as follows. And the people stayed home, and read books, and listened,
0: and rested, and exercised, and made art, and played games, and learned new ways of being, and were still, and listened more deeply. Some meditated, some prayed, some danced some met their shadows and the people began to think differently and the people healed and in the absence of people living in ignorant dangerous mindless and heartless ways the earth began to heal and when the danger passed and the people joined together again, they grieved their losses and made new choices and dreamed new images and created new ways to live and heal the earth fully, as they had been healed.
1: Kitty O'Meara.
0: And so, As humanity moves headlong into the new Aquarian Age with its changed conditions and its unyielding demand for planetary adaptation, we are reminded at times like this that within the verses of the Great Invocation lie hid the clue to the needed changes and the method of a smooth transition. So let us turn our attention now to today's meditation. Invoking and directing the available energies of Gemini. We are aided in our efforts by the directing potency of the keynote of the disciple in Gemini. I recognize my other self, and in the waning of that self, I grow and glow.
1: Meditation. Letting in the light.
0: Group fusion. We affirm the fact of group fusion and integration within the heart center of the new group of world servers, mediating between hierarchy and humanity. I. Alignment, we project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy of the planet, the planetary heart, the great ashram of Sanat Kumara and towards the Christ at the heart of hierarchy. Extend the line of light towards Shambhala, the centre where the will of God is known. Higher interlude. Hold a contemplative mind open to the extraplanetary energies streaming into Shambhala and radiated through hierarchy using the creative imagination endeavor to see the three planetary centers shambhala hierarchy and humanity gradually coming into alignment and into play Meditation. Reflect on the seed thought. I recognize my other self, and in the waning of that self, I grow and glow. Precipitation, using the creative imagination, visualize the energies of light, love, and the will to good pouring throughout the planet and becoming anchored on earth in prepared physical plane centers through which the plan can manifest. Use the sixfold progression of divine love as the sequence of energy precipitation. Shambhala, hierarchy, the Christ, the new group of world servers, men and women of goodwill everywhere in the world, physical centers of distribution. lower interlude. refocus the consciousness as a group within the periphery of the great ashram together sound the affirmation in the center of all love i stand from that center i the soul will outward move from that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the Divine Self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and
1: throughout the world.
0: Visualize the downpouring spiritual inflow released from shambhala through the hierarchy and streaming into humanity through the prepared channel consider how these inpouring energies are establishing the pathway of light for the coming world teacher the christ Distribution. As the great invocation is sounded, visualize the outpouring of light and love and power from the spiritual hierarchy through the five planetary inlets, London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo, irradiating the consciousness of the whole human race. May Christ return to earth. From the centre where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the centre, which we call the race of men, let the plan of love Just a quick reminder that the full moon and the maximum impact of the Gemini impulse occurs very shortly this evening at 12 minutes past eight British summer time. We hope that you will join in alignment with the worldwide group of servers at that time in in solidarity with the hierarchy and humanity as the Christ delivers his blessings to the world it just remains for me to say thank you to you all for your participation in this group meditation this evening we hope you will join us this weekend for the online london conference both days start at 2 p.m british summer time or at 9 a.m u.s eastern time uh, please go to the homepage of the lucis trust which is www.lucistrust.org and click on the London Conference and the Zoom links are given on the programme.
1: Good night.